In the midst of an increasingly sour economy, we wrestle with the call of Jonah. In the name of God, our Maker and Redeemer, Amen. While I was driving into San Francisco Thursday evening for a meeting at the cathedral, on the car radio was Marketplace. Some of you may be familiar with that show on NPR. It comes on every weekday, and it's now a mainstay in my daily media dose. It's my regular check-in with the hurricane that's presently our shared economy, which seems to get more and more personal with each passing week. Personnel restructuring here at the church, my brother-in-law in Japan being reduced to half-time at Mitsubishi, numerous friends and parishioners and neighbors straining at the edges and wondering whether they'll be next on the hit list. Well, on Thursday's Marketplace was a brief statement from Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer. Many of you heard this past week that Microsoft, for the first time in its history, laid off some of its employees. And in a brief phone announcement to the press and to the world at large about the layoffs, Balmer pronounced, with all the erudition of a prophet, that our economy wasn't simply in a recession, but was instead going through a reset. Now, you computer buffs might get the joke, but I had a mental image of the divine staring into the classic Windows blue screen of death and hitting Control-Alternate-Delete. You remember that key combination? In short, the world as we know it is coming to an end. Time to reboot. And you remember that wonderful, gracious warning on the screen that said essentially anything you were working on and wasn't saved may be lost. So I don't know much about Steve Ballmer, but I frankly never imagined Bill Gates' successor making a statement that would evoke a theological image, but there it is. All of our readings today have something to do with reset, a sort of cosmic reboot. First, we have Jonah proclaiming God's warning to the wealthy, self-satisfied, urbanized society of Nineveh a place that risks some resonance with our own. Then we get Paul, who, in addition to proclaiming that the appointed time has grown short and that the world is coming to an end, offers a line exhorting men to behave as though they had no wives. You can almost hear the collective rolling of eyes in the room. Then there's Jesus, who has just lost his mentor, John the Baptist, Jesus takes up John's message, but he knows he's next on the hit list and that the end of the world for him isn't all that far away at all. A 
I'll start with Paul just briefly because beyond the difficulties of translating between a first century patriarchal worldview and our own 20 centuries later is a deeper truth that Paul conveys even to us about the contingency of all human life, relationship, ownership, business, even sorrow and joy. And it's this contingency which so many of us feel more acutely than ever right now in our present economic predicaments and challenges. It's this contingency that is the raw material in our lives that demands grace. Our vulnerability is a window, if not a door, through which God can enter our hearts and remake us. Paul wants to impress on the Corinthians, and perhaps on us as well, that the first priority in life is not satisfying desire or establishing households or even planning for tomorrow or next week or next year. The first and paramount priority, he is telling us, is remembering that we belong to God. Jonah, in a much more messy way, is coming at this truth from a different place. And his story bears retelling at this point because we are much like Jonah these days. Most of you will have heard about Jonah, of course. Most of you will remember in Sunday school coloring the whale or the big fish. I remember fondly drawing images of the great whale spitting Jonah out on the seashore. Jonah is among the more amusing characters of Hebrew scriptures. He's sort of a reluctant prophet, a curmudgeon of sorts, who gets caught up in a divine comedy involving the great city of Nineveh. When God first sends Jonah there to call the people away from their sinful behavior, Jonah essentially says, no thank you, God, and he refuses by running away and going out to sea. God, the story goes, sends a storm upon the ship, and Jonah is forced to admit the storm is his responsibility because he has disobeyed a divine command. So the sailors do what they ordinarily do with bad luck. They toss him overboard. And a big fish comes and swallows him up. And for three days and three nights, Jonah sits in the belly of the beast and finally relents and then offers praise to God. And the fish, of course, being a good theological fish, coughs him up on dry land. Jonah dusts himself off and then goes on to Nineveh as he was commanded. And then we get to today's passage where Jonah proclaims God's warning. And the people of Nineveh, in one of the briefest and greatest surprises of scripture, actually listen to a prophet. They amend their ways. They hit their own reset button, or control, alternate, delete, if you will, and God withholds the wrath of the blue screen of death. 
And if you read on further, the whole sequence of events simply infuriates Jonah, who is sorely disappointed at the anticlimactic ending to his adventures. Part of him, it seems, wants to sit back and watch the great city be destroyed in fire and brimstone, or just simply die the death of many of our Windows operating systems with the blue screen. Indeed, for us today, many of us are like Jonah at various points in the story. Some of us are like Jonah, the reluctant prophet, running in denial of our calling to proclaim the truth that the world so desperately needs to hear. Some of us feel like Jonah thrown overboard with our lost jobs or our unraveling business ventures. Others of us feel profound shame about surviving on the ship at sea while watching co-workers, friends, and family members become the Jonas as the economic crisis wheels through our shared lives. Yet others are angry like Jonah because God's wrath does not seem to be raining down yet on those whose greed and lack of prudent foresight created the whole mess to begin with. bottom line question for Jonah is the same for all of us. Why isn't God showing up and doing what we expect God to do? But to come full circle in our scripture readings today, I return to our psalm, which begins, For God alone my soul in silence waits. In the midst of all the spiritual cries of why me and why us, we are called to a profound silence like Jonah in the belly of the fish. Even as we fear we are lost in the deep waters of a world changing and changed forever, where the great reset button has been pushed somewhere, where the blue screen of death has shown up on our monitors, The hope we turn to is in the deep stillness of this moment. The profound place where our hearts continue to beat. And a prayer becomes the summation of all our endeavors and ends. God meets us here. For God alone my soul in silence waits. For God alone. Our souls, whatever they are, that make us essentially human, that immutable part of our being, they need only one thing alone, and that is the holy other we call God. At this point in our shared history and journey, we're sitting in the belly of the great fish of a floundering economy and discovering, as Jonah did in the silence, what really matters in life, the call of God. 
And that call is asking us all over the place and in so many different ways to grow up a little bit more. To see crisis as opportunity. To claim our suffering as a means to grace. To see our collective loneliness as a chance at community. To take up the mantle of prophecy and build something new with Christ. Because when at the last, in the words of today's psalm, we are truly able not to set our hearts on wealth, we find the freedom to become the loving creatures God has called us to be. And then we will be truly ready to share the good news without the grumbling of Jonah, but instead with the abundance of joy and discovery that the disciples may have felt when they left their nets at the shore and followed after this stranger in whom they saw God. And then we might acquire a taste for the world that is coming. The world that is, in some profound sense, already here among us. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley, dot org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.